What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Nailed it that time. Uh, very special episode this week. Kings basketball starting uh, in, I'm so wish I was prepared for this. It's starting on Wednesday. Um, can't wait. So, you know, we had to bring the heavy hitters. We got Brandon Nunez on here from Kings Pulse. Frankie Cardicelli, as always, joining me. Frank, we survived yet another Kings Laker game. Uh, no fights this time that we saw. Uh, how's it feel to survive yet well, another uh, bloodbath? Well, we didn't see any Kings Lakers fights, but at, at the end of the night, the Dodgers and Giants game was ending. And and on that call, I think that the, there might have been some spats out there in Doco, but uh, good to be back in the building. Golden Wand Center was packed, full of fans, probably the biggest. Full Laker biggest, fans. Yeah, it's full Laker fans, granted, but that was the most attended basketball game, I think, since the pandemic started, and it felt good. It felt like an actual basketball game. The preseason vibes were pretty dead, but uh, good to be back. Brendan, how are you feeling, man? Preseason's in the books, regular season's next week. How are you feeling, sir? I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, it was it was exciting games. I did find myself kind of feeling like a downer at times. I think I get a little triggered at uh, – <laughs> at some bad defense because I'm just too on edge from everything I saw last year. So like the beginning of that game yesterday, I was like, oh man, here we go again. And I'm like, all right, I got to calm down. This isn't too bad. So, but overall it was pretty fun. Uh, Brandon, you're not from Sacramento, correct? Like immediately. No. So does like, does the Laker hatred still burn in you quite the same that, that is everyone else? Yeah. I mean, I grew up like right around the Warriors and I decided mm -hmm. to pick the Celtics when I was younger. So it definitely does. So definitely. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good because I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't planning on starting on this, but Laker fans seem to be like a different breed of like fan. They're so like. I don't like, you know, people come and, and fill that building all the time, but Warrior fans are, are loud and love their team. And obviously when they were great, they're pretty obnoxious but like laker fans are just so arrogant like they well, come in and they're, they're so like in your face about like we are better than you you are trash and you're dumb for feeling like this is like important because this ain't nothing to us but if we beat you then it's all it's all noise well well it's like during summer league we saw a fight break out in, in summer league there are laker fans that were standing up and talking trash to kings fans and I think I'm not being biased when I say that. I think the Kings fan was wasn't being the aggressor in that situation, but yeah. uh, it's almost like how people bag on the Raiders, how their fans were back with with the black hole and stuff like that, and Oakland and everything. I mean, this is a Kings podcast. We can, we can speak freely about the Lakers. I mean, yeah, and I I will say I have some Laker fan friends who are kind of sorry guys, delusional. And I said it a while ago on a podcast that a friend of mine when I was in school in 2014 had a screensaver that had when none of these guys were on the team, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, all these guys. And now of course, here we are, they're all on the team. Granted they're in their mid to late thirties, yeah. but just they're so delusional. Like they, they always think they're going to get everybody. And when they're at golden one center, <laughs> they, they, they make it known that they're there and it's kind of fun. Well, it's fun when it's like last night and the Kings win, but uh, it, it's been, it's been pretty interesting having it be 50 50 over the years. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a, a more packed house with Laker fans last night because I'm assuming they just can't, they know they can't afford those regular season tickets because I'm assuming those will be through the freaking roof. But, uh, 
I don't know. It was it was it was an interesting game to attend. Like it definitely I, we talked about it. We've talked about it a couple times, actually, but it definitely didn't have like a preseason vibe in the arena, at least like LeBron dropped 30. Like, you know, I don't I don't it, it did not feel like he was going out there and being like, well, time to go get my summer legs going and and figure this season thing out. But um, it was interesting. It was really intense. The Lakers missed a shot a big three like late in the fourth and i heard the whole stadium oh I was like, what was that what was that yeah it was uh yeah i don't know it was it was it was something and and i was surprised honestly at how well i mean frank i know you you you're not low on the lakers but we've had talks and you're not as confident that they'll be um great i thought they looked really good last night i mean they they're, they're definitely uh not a bunch of geriatric men out there <laughs> No, no. I mean, those are future Hall of Famers. And I, if I've been low on the Lakers or act like I've been low on the Lakers, that might just be my Kings bias talking a little <laughs> bit, breaking through. But let me put on my unbiased NBA fan hat and, and I'll say that the Lakers are going to be a good team this year. And that makes last night's showing by the Kings to me, to the non, to the people that think that preseason isn't important. Uh, I thought it was an important game for the Kings to come out and and show that those three wins before weren't just flukes. The team looked good last night. They got punched in the mouth and they punched back a couple times. It was, it was a game of runs last night. Uh, I know the Kings were on a 24, six run in, in the second. And that was electric to watch. Lakers came back out in the third mellow hit a couple threes, which Chris and I had Mello to was other- on one, bro. Mellow was mellow. Turned it back. It was good to see because uh, I do feel like we got from, from just about every big name that the Lakers have, like somebody, somebody did something last night. Cause mellow went off. Uh, Russ had a good game. LeBron, like I said, had 30 Dwight, like definitely made his presence known yesterday. He had like seven fouls or something like that. But, uh, AD was really the only one who didn't show up, but he, you know, I, I, he had a quiet 14, 12. I didn't even really notice. He was very quiet, but if you came to that nice. game, yeah, must, if you came to that game wanting to see the big name guys do their thing, uh, you, you saw it. But Brennan last night, just pretty much end of the preseason, four games in the bag. Uh, does last night's game hold any weight to you as far as, hey, that's a good end of the preseason? Or is it still, for the way a lot of people look at it, is business as usual, preseason's preseason. Let's see what happens next Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the latter, but I do think that, it was nice to see like Terrence Davis have a big game and, and Davion Mitchell um, have some moments against bigger guys. So, yeah, I mean, I think just getting more experience of like this three guard lineup and guys playing alongside each other was good. So there's little things to take here and there. Like, I think it seems like Tristan Thompson is favored over Alex Len, um, which is interesting. We'll see if that keeps up, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it, it is still just kind of preseason, you know, like at the, I, I don't know how different, the Lakers would have felt and gone about this with all their veteran guys. If it was a regular season game, but seeing the fight that Sacramento had was, was good no matter because at the beginning of the game, the first three, four minutes were, were like really, Tough. really bad. Really bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, here we go again. And, and they turned it around pretty quick too. Yeah. It's, um, Sorry, Chris. I don't know if you had anything on that No, no, uh, no, I was, I was going to point out the fact you, you mentioning, uh, I was thinking about the fact that Davion, they they really had Davion out there guarding uh, guarding LeBron on so many different possessions, and I, th- I feel like he really held his own. And I mean, again, like it's it's preseason, but um, you know, just just from 
he didn't he definitely didn't look overmatched out there and um you know i think obviously defensively is where he's going to hang his hat this season so um it's just good to see that yes like i you know i, I won't go as far as saying he's already a top 5 on ball defender but uh like it is it is a legitimate thing that like yeah this guy what what we heard about Willie Cauley Stein coming in, how he could guard one through five, and we just flat out never saw it. Like, at least we're we're seeing some form of glimpse of like, yeah, like this dude actually has the confidence and and the uh, and just the athleticism to stay in front of bigger guys like that because uh, it's 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 not easy, especially you know when when LeBron is. LeBron was backing him that was trying to back him down. Like he was, he was not trying to, you know, a lot of the times LeBron, when he feels insulted, will try and pull it out and then try and go ISO on you. LeBron was like straight up trying to back Davion down and muscle out muscle him. And he was really holding his own really impressive. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the NBA readiness the last two years of, of Terry Salberton and now Davion Mitchell coming in where you don't have that. I think that kind of, it's something I think we've seen a lot over the years and, and mostly guards or even, I guess, some bigs and Thomas Robinson's and Willie Cauley signs that come in and they just don't have the, maybe the basketball IQ is the right way to put it. They, they just don't seem like they know what they're doing. Kind of like they're lost. And from yeah, last preseason, when we saw Tyrese Halliburton come in and look NBA ready and just look like a guy that knows what he's doing out there, Davion Mitchell, same thing. I never, I mean, it, it's weird to say I'm not paying as much attention to him on offense, but I don't really worry about him. Like that that break yesterday, Chris, where you and I looked at each other when um, I can't remember who hit him on the break. Oh, it was Terrence Davis hit him on the break, and he had that up and under. It's like how many guy, young new guys, rookies, just try to go up and, and jam it on, 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 on an NBA veteran, and he made the smart move, went up and under. Um, the defense, he stripped Russell Westbrook several times down in the post and saved baskets for the moment. I think he kicked it out to Melo for a three, granted, but um, – it's refreshing to see a rookie come in and you don't have to worry about him. You know, he's going to carry his own weight on both ends of the basketball and Davion Mitchell just continues to impress. And that's something the Kings are going to really, really be happy about if he's doing in the regular, doing that regular season against guys like Damian Lillard on Wednesday. Then you look at the, the Donovan Mitchell's coming in on Friday. Um, Steph Curry's coming in on Sunday. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a tough getting in the schedule. Yeah, and in typical Davion fashion, uh, he was out there shooting after the game. You know, just ridiculous work ethic, leading by example, right? It's, uh, yeah, definitely inspiring. And, yeah, we all know what he's going to do on defense. And like you said, like the offensive impact that he had, I think, has been a little unexpected for me when he knocked down like four or six threes. Uh, I should six. know. In, yeah, in I, think, I think it was six, yeah, yeah which is ridiculous. It's Buddy Heald numbers right. there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, looks comfortable in the pick and roll. Had some nice finishes last night, too. Um, yeah, I, I think we expected the defense, but having this offensive impact is is pretty nice, too. There's definitely a lot more depth this year than there was last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that, that kind of brings us to the rotation talk. I mean, last night we I don't know if we saw, you know, like an, an in-game kind of ro uh, rotation from Luke Walton, but it was definitely heavy minutes from the big names. Uh, I think De'Aaron ended up playing 30 minutes. Uh, Harrison played 30 minutes. I don't know if Davion ended up reaching that mark, but um, he did 30, 30 in the nose. Yeah, it, it's definitely seemed like uh, I don't think Tyrese played many minutes, but it seemed like it was it was a uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, what, what do you guys how do you guys feel about um, I'm, Marvin didn't play last night? Some are saying it was I, I guess Frank was saying that uh, Luke said after after the game that he was active um, and just, you know, didn't didn't have a role in that game. Um, 
I don't know. How, how did you guys feel? How do you guys feel? I mean, you mentioned Len, Len uh, or Thompson was getting minutes over Len. Uh, it, we're, are you nervous about the rotations heading in to the season? Or do you feel like these are just because we have different starting lineups? We've seen a lot of uh, lineup pairs even. Uh, do you feel like Luke is still experimenting or he's kind of nailed something down at this point? Or is there anything in specific that you liked? You've liked any pairs that you've liked? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of seems like, I guess my main notes are, yeah, like it seems like Thompson is favored over Len. Uh, Holmes, I think there was a quote after the game about Holmes not being in great shape, which I feel like you can see a little bit because at times I was like, man, Thompson might be the better option out here. Then you just got to remember it's preseason. Like Holmes was ridiculous all of last year. So I'm sure that'll wear away with time. And I can't remember a time when we're sitting here saying that Holmes looked tired. So I'm sure that, that that'll fix itself there. Um, yeah, and then Thompson over Len seems notable. I'm glad that Halliburton started every one of these games, um, hoping that stays the same in the regular season. At this point, I'd be shocked. That'd be such a tease mm-hmm. if Walton decided to do that. Um, and then I think that, like, one or Fox of Halliburton has to be on the floor at all times, pretty much. Um, there were some stretches last year where, like, Mitchell was the guy initiating the offense. I think that goes okay. Like, Mitchell's your next best option. But to me, that's just something I'll be keeping an eye on. Like, I, it seems like one or Fox of Halliburton needs to be on the floor at most times and that happened throughout most of preseason yeah I was gonna say it, it definitely seemed like that that was a goal of theirs because um yeah I mean it, I think it might have happened last night a couple times where Davion was the main point but um yeah I definitely I think that's really the key to the King's success in in general this season is is the success of Tyrese and and, and De'Aaron and how well they're able to play with each other and when when the other is off the floor because as we've seen in the past if if we don't have our main guys out there it's just a real struggle for the offense to get any sort of fluidity so um it'll it'll be nice to have an actual backup point guard especially when especially when you see davion and again preseason and it's only been four games but his ability to knock down shots that's something that has been a huge positive and when you look at how tyrese halberton and De'Aaron fox can play make davion mitchell yeah, he's a serviceable backup point guard. He can run the offense, but like like Brendan said, having one of De'Aaron or Tyrese on the floor at all times ensures you have a legitimate playmaker on the floor at all times. Davion can focus on getting open, knocking down those shots like he did against Portland. Um, he even created off the dribble a couple times against Portland, which was really impressive, those step backs. I think he had a couple last night that didn't work out, um, but the offense seems like it's there, and that that gives them some freedom to let Tyrese and De'Aaron do what they do, and and Davion can take a little little weight off his shoulders and not have to worry about running the whole offense. But um, I love the depth at the guard position. I do think that's probably the Kings. Obviously, it's their deepest position. Um, center, you can make an argument too. But having guys like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Terrence Davis, Davion Mitchell—that's a pretty deep, uh, pretty deep rotation. And we saw last night what Terrence Davis can do. When he's on, when he's on, he is on. Um, but it, it, it is kind of a dangerous thing having two streaky guys like Terrence Davis and Buddy on the bench because if they're both off on the same night, off night, hello, uh, that could be a problem. But I, I love the death right now. Yeah. Um, I also am wondering how you guys feel about it feels like this team. Well, I, I know it. I've, I've looked at the ch- some charts um and this team has pretty much given up the mid-range in total uh last night they took 47 threes of their 98 shots so just about half of their shots uh were three-point attempts uh it seems like they've really gone full like i mean monty mcnair's our gm it seems like they've really houston rocketed the the offense um i don't 
necessarily know. I mean, if Terrence Davis is going to shoot like how he did last night, then then I'm all for it. But I'm just not entirely sure that the roster is, is built for that kind of offense. Yeah, I think uh, Jason Anderson pointed out to me that um, the team shot a crazy amount of threes last preseason, too. So maybe it'll come back down. But that was something Walton said at the beginning of last year, actually, right? That the team wanted to shoot a lot of threes. Like 35 threes a game or something. Yeah, last year. Yeah, last year it says 35. And then, uh, or I'm sorry, this season, this year was 45 threes per game. Holy crap that's what he wanted that's what he said he wanted that's what that's what it was in this preseason and last preseason was 42 and then uh going into the regular season it went from 42 to 33 so probably will like come back down to earth a little bit but yeah i mean terrence davis and buddy are like the two that stand out right like i think going into it i had been talking with some of the king serial guys a little bit about like buddy's just shooting it the second he gets it and he had like 13 three attempts in like 20 some minutes um, and his first two possessions last night when he touched the ball, he put it up right away. He pump faked yesterday, though. I saw it once. He <laughs> pump faked yesterday. Defender flew by. He made the three. I could not believe it. But he, yes, he had a nice layup. Point. He had a nice layup. I was like, whoa, what is going on here? That's a nice. Yeah. Can we talk about that layup for two seconds? Because <laughs> his, like, I don't know, his, like, win. I guess it was a windmill in the middle of the air, no glass. Like, straight up. <laughs> straight up. That's exactly what I expect every single Buddy Heald layup to look like. Like, I don't know what it is, but my guy just has not figured out attacking the rim. It looks, it looked, it looked very ugly. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Davis was, Davis was throwing them up. He, he had a really good run. He had a really good run in that end of the third, beginning of the fourth, and really like changed the tide of the game. But I was like, man, some of these, he is feeling himself. But I, I mean, I don't know. You couldn't hate on it too much. I had a couple where I was like, ah, this is a lot. But okay. they're nice yeah. when they go in. I, I can think of a specific position, possession where I think Terrence brought it down, shot it. They got the offensive rebound, gave it to shot Buddy. It he shot it, got the offensive rebound, gave it to Terrence. He then shot and made it. But like, that's one of those things where it's like, if he, if Terrence then misses that third three, it's like, God, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Uh, and you know, that's the kind of thing I, you know, I just feel like in the past for the, those shots just haven't gone in for the Kings. And um, me and Frankie talked about it last night when, when buddy healed hit that uh, deep three on transition after the Rashawn steal. Uh, and that was, that was just electric. That was crazy. I can't remember the last time we were saying, we can't remember the last time that like the Kings hit one of those, like, thunderous like everyone in the building can feel the energy of like if this goes in i'm gonna lose my fucking mind <laughs> like uh and those shots usually don't go in i'm not saying that since they went in in a random preseason game that they're going to go in during the season but um i think what i'm more saying is when those shots don't go in can the kings win those games still because uh you know if they're just going to rely on the shot the the ball going in the hoop uh, on that night, then I, I don't know. That's that doesn't seem like a, a winning formula. No, I mean, no, no, no. But it, it, they're living and dying by the three a little bit in the preseason. That that's that's evident. Uh, but like Brennan said, it probably will go back down in the regular season. Um, Harrison Barnes knocking down a lot of threes. Just that's a guy who he was a three point threat last year. And this year I'm looking at it like he might be the Kings third best three point option this season, really. Uh, behind Tyrese and and um, Buddy, obviously, but I had to kind of stutter on that because Buddy 
I don't know. <laughs> he should take in 14 threes a game. I don't know if I want him to be the second best three-point option. Uh, but, hey, Harrison Barnes, I just kind of wanted to make a point on HB because um, we talk about the three-point shot. He has the ability to work inside the post as well. And he probably had, in my opinion, the strongest preseason. I just kind of want to know what your guys' thoughts were. Do you think Harrison Barnes is a guy that last year he had a career season? Is it – so did Rashawn. That's a discussion. But these guys that had career years like HB, is it too much to expect that he replicate that because – if he doesn't, that kind of adds to the formula of, okay, that's one step back because the Kings need so many things to go right in order to be where they where we all want them to be, which is in the playoffs or the play-in even. But HB had a career season. Is that is it too much to ask for for 16 points a game on 40% shooting from three? I mean, maybe a little bit, but, like, I don't think anything he did last year was all too unsustainable. Like, beginning of the year, he shot really hot, and he kind of came back down to earth a little bit in the second half. Um, he's probably going to end up with the most minutes per game on this team. He's had it every year since he's been traded here because they just don't have any wings on this roster um, outside of, yeah, Harkless. And then you're just going to play one of these three-yard lineups or maybe you're putting Bagley in there or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, probably ends up with the most minutes. And I think just like in this complementary role that he has where um, he's not the one initiating the offense or anything like that, like, Maybe percentages go down a little bit, but I, I think you can get the same sort of Barnes. And I'm totally with you. Like, I thought he was easily the best player throughout preseason. Didn't skip a beat. I think uh, pretty early in the game, he had some step back threes. Um, yeah, he, he looks looks on point already. Midseason form, old man. <laughs> old man at, at 30. And that's that's the to me, that is like the Harrison Barnes like experience is we feel like he's it, at the you know, 33 or something like that, you know, in, in the tail end of his prime. And he honestly plays that way. He plays very slow, very methodical, um, uses his body a lot and uses his brain to get buckets. Uh, I'm not so confident that he can really be anything greater than what he was last year, unless he drastically, you know, unless he, he ruins his efficiency, essentially. Um, I just don't, I don't think, he's going to be that big of a part of the offense. I think they're still going to expect, I think they're going to expect more from Tyrese. Um, I, I just don't think they're going to check for Harrison, like Harrison, if he's open in the corner, sure. But um, I've just seen, I've been burned by Harrison Barnes too many times of, of hoping that he's going to be consistent. Um, You know, he'll for sure. I'm, I just, I'm expecting a very Harrison Barnes season. I'm expecting very variances of, you know, 25 points a game followed by nine. And then, uh, in an 18 point game where he looks like our best defender. And then the next night again, like four points and he's, he's defending LeBron all day. And so we're just like, I oh, must be tired. Um, it's, you know, it, it's Harrison is perfectly fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong, um, with him as, you know, like you, you shouldn't try and seek a better player than Harrison, but I'm just, I'm not as confident that he'll be a, uh, even as good as last season, I think, I think last season was his career year. And if he can play like how he did the first half of the season for the first half of this season, I'll, I'll be plenty happy. I just, I don't know. I, I've, I've come to not expect it. Well, the Kings are going to need it to get through the first portion of their schedule because it's an absolute buzzsaw, but Hey, Zion's not playing in the new Orleans game. That's, that's, that's a positive. Yeah, that, should, a positive. that should definitely be a win. He kills the Kings every time they play the Pelicans. Zion, I think has 30 points a game. For, that Metu, that dunk on Metu was, was oh. rude. Oh, that was, that oh was, man! That's like one that's going to be on his highlight reel for a long time. For a very yeah. long. 
forever. Yeah. Forever. Matthew still has to get crap about that in practice, right? Like, Bro. you have to. <laughs> you mean, have to. <laughs> he got straight have. bodied. Like, the, the problem with that is, like, that was straight, like, chest to chest, body to body. Like, you got, you got highlight reeled, <laughs> like, bad. Yeah. I He's supposed to be out for a little while. And there's this whole like foot thing that they kept really quiet, the foot surgery he had in the offseason. So I mean yeah, direct competition, right? For my so. fantasy team. Yeah. And he <laughs> so he, he, get, he drafted him? I yeah, he was one of my keepers. Fun. Fun stuff. How how are we all feeling about our fantasy team? Are we all in a fantasy basketball league? Do, do people am. out there do people yeah. out there listening? Do you play fantasy basketball? I mean, I feel like fantasy basketball is one that not everyone does, but I actually really enjoy it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I do too. People are really intimidated by fantasy basketball. It's it's the fact of like setting every day. every day. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, bro, just set it once a week or twice, like look at it two to three times a week and like just make the adjustments. I get it. I don't know. I'm a big auction draft guy though. I think that's the funnest way of doing it. I'm I'm not a big like snake draft for, for basketball. It's just it mm. it makes I don't know. It just makes it so much more fun. I don't know if I've you guys never, have ever done. It. I've never done the auction. No, does that mean that you had to like you, you had to really bid for Zion and that, that so, went downhill? Yes. Like <laughs> if I could, if we could take five minutes here, like yeah, like you essentially instead of uh, you know, it's still like a snake draft. It's still ordered the same way, but instead of drafting somebody, you nominate them to be the person up for auction, which sounds just absolutely terrible coming out of my mouth um but yeah you put them up for auction and then everyone is in everyone's in the lobby and it's literally like a live bet where it's like De'Aaron Fox one dollar okay Brandon says two dollars Frankie says three dollars I say four dollars and then I'm not bidding on any on any humans just so you know you can keep me out of this yes uh, yeah, yeah. I, for the record, <laughs> no humans were purchased in the making of this podcast um <laughs> We do not condone the selling of of any any. I wouldn't even sell animals. So you know, I know. I, I just I, want that I, on the record. On the I, record, my, my dog's behind me, and he's like, "Bro, you bought me." It's like, yeah. I mean, I I had to. I, I literally I, own you. <laughs> uh, so don't don't bark, please. Don't yeah. Bark. So Harrison, I need fifteen a game. No, I'm kidding. all right. That was. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling great about my fantasy team. Uh, got Karis LeVert, TJ Warren and, and Zion already out. It's great. You, that, those are, those are, uh, risky picks. I almost picked TJ Warren, all those guys. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to pick the guys with, with foot stuff. They all have foot stuff. Yeah. Well, the problem with auctions is people are crazy with their money. And so like, it just goes, 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 goes. And then I'm like, I'll just pick off all the $1 guys when, when everyone's out of money. After Fox, who's the best Kings guy for fantasy? It's like Buddy or Halliburton, right? One of the two, maybe? Maybe Rashawn. I mean, it kind of depends mm-hmm. on, on how your league is. Rashawn would be helpful, A, because, you know, if he gets double doubles a little easier, uh, and he can get blocks and his efficiency, obviously. But um, I think Tyrese, though, Tyrese can just, he he scores, yeah. re- rebounds. Pa- I mean, he has it all. Steals. I mean, he he racks up all those categories. But if he yeah, can, yeah if, he, if he can replicate it, yeah. And but Rashawn too. I, I think I had Rashawn last year, and he was great. He was like yeah. 20, 25 fantasy points every night. He was almost a double double every night. A couple blocks. Um, yeah, King, the Kings have some good fantasy guys, and HB is also a good fantasy guy. HB is a good fantasy. HB is just like how he is as a player. Like he's just like, you know, you can definitely do worse. You can definitely do better, but like he's going to, he's going to get you your 
X amount of points on this night, and then some nights it ain't gonna be there. <laughs> if you got a standard league like Buddy's putting up numbers too, as mu- as much as like he's frustrating to watch, he's yeah. still putting up some some points. Yeah. Well, he rebounds. He rebounds too, and that's like one of the things that again, on Buddy is a player too, not just fantasy, which I think is very valuable. Buddy healed rebounds. I mean, we can knock on him for other stuff, but he he boards. So, in the real games and fantasy, that's that's a valuable it's a valuable thing to have. But um, and when he's going, Marvin's pretty decent too in fantasy. I've had him a couple for like a couple of his stretches, and he can be he can be a nice little nice little addition. Well, speaking of, of Marvin, just I mean, just kind of let's just get into that. I mean, he he has a knee injury. He was questionable and doubtful. Luke Walton never said he was unavailable, which I, I don't think anyone really made note of that before the game. Luke said he was doubtful, which I, I'm looking back at it and I'm, I'm finding interesting. And then after the game, he said that, well, he didn't participate in shoot around yesterday morning and he just wasn't really part of the plan for for tonight. That's what he said about last night. But what where do we stand on Marvin? It. Is it crazy to think that he might be out of the rotation or that he's going to have a small part in the rotation? Because it seems like Luke Walton has an affinity for, for Mo Harkless. Like he, he's, I think he's pretty locked into that starting power forward slash small forward sh- uh, slot. Where do we stand with Marvin? Did, did, I just want to know what you guys kind of, how you're feeling this temperature check. I mean, like I'd be surprised if he's already out of the rotation, but I feel like I've been saying for a little while, like, I don't really care to just give him minutes to let him develop anymore this year. Like at, at this point, I'm kind of over it. And I don't think he's really given me any reason to believe that he's going to be a positive when he's out there. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's like the popular opinion, but I think that I'm definitely in the camp of like, give him DNPs if he's not going to contribute. But I, I don't think we're like at that point yet. I think you give him a little bit of time this year. And, but if it does reach that point, then sure. But, I don't know. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's like already out of the rotation. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I go that far yet. Um, he he feels like a bench big to me. Like if he if he's got it on that night and if he's scoring, then then you give him twenty five minutes a game. But um, I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I, I agree with you, Brendan. That like I'm kind of just I'm kind of over just giving him the developmental minutes to to try and see if it works out for him. Like at this point, especially you know with Luke trying to win games as well. I mean you're always trying to win games, but Luke needs to win games. Now. Um, I just don't think he's going to risk it. So if I had to guess, I would say he'll probably come in and, and get the, that Tristan Thompson role that we saw last night where it's like 20 minutes. And if he, if he's got it, then he'll play. And if, if he's, if he's not scoring, then he probably won't get a second stint. Kind of what like what we saw a lot of the time last year, where it was like, you know, like people were complaining, you know, we've talked about it before where he had his his 19 point first half and then didn't see the fourth quarter. So um, I, I would expect something like that where it's like if, if I just don't think Luke trusts him. I think it's honestly comes down to that where it's like if if the game is is in a crunch time situation, he doesn't think he doesn't trust that Marvin will make the stop or will make the the right offensive read or or be in the right position even. I, I I just don't think he has any faith in him. Well, exactly. That, that's why I'm, I'm I'm thinking there are multiple guys that if they, let's say it's a seven-point game, Kings are up with nine minutes left. Mo Harkless is going to be in over Marvin Bagley. Uh, Tristan Thompson would be in over Marvin Bagley. Uh, Alex Len probably even. I, I just think if you're looking at holding a lead or, or needing, needing some stops late, 
there's not really a, a way to put Marvin on the floor when you have guys like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes, um, Davion Mitchell, all these guys that can go out there and, and, and play defense. It, it, it just makes me think that he might be a, a kind of like a first half guy. Like we saw last year, he'd scored 24 points in the first half and against Denver, he put 24 points in the first half or was it Phoenix? Either way, it was the beginning of the season last year, balling out. Barely saw the floor in the second half because the Kings against stops. They won that game. And I know that soured Marvin a lot. That's when the, the stuff with his dad started on Twitter. Uh, Luke Walton couldn't put him on the floor late because he couldn't play defense. And I, I don't know if that's changed yet. We've barely seen him this preseason. I guess he hasn't gotten a fair shake in that regard. We haven't seen him play that many minutes. Uh, but I don't think he's had the rotation entirely. No, I, won't, I don't think he is. But I do think that he is – in a pretty similar boat as the last couple of years. I think he averaged like 23, 24 minutes per game for his career. I don't think he'll even get that much this season, um, barring injury to anyone else. But Tristan Thompson has looked so good out there. Alex Len, you know what you're going to get. Those guys kind of deserve to play more than him right now in my mind because he gives them a better – those guys give the Kings a better chance to win. And am I wrong to think that, that the, putting in Tristan Thompson or Alex Len give the Kings a better chance to win? Um, maybe not – I don't necessarily agree with Alex Len, but I do think Tristan Thompson is a that's fair and that's fair thing. I just think Alex is I mean, and they do a little bit of different things. And I, I think where I'm getting with Marvin is like he it's it's unfortunate because if we can take it back to like his the time when he was drafted, like he was brought in to be a different role. He was brought in to be the second star next to Deer and Fox to figure that out, uh, to be a high level scorer and to be a star. And now we're at the point where we don't need that. We don't need him to be that role. Um, we don't really need more offensive players in general. And I, you know, it, it's kind of the, the issue of what I had when they drafted Marvin in the first place of the problem with drafting a big so high and making him your franchise piece. If he's not, you know, at, you know, versatile enough to bring the ball down the court or something like that is, you have to feed him like if if he's going to get points or go off like you want him to like you have to run the offense through him and there's just no way that with the talent that we have now that Marvin's ever going to get multiple or you know a whole section of time of the game for plays to be called for him like it's just not going to happen and if if he's not going to be the role that he still thinks, I think, I, I think he still feels like he's, he's here to be a star. Um, I don't know if he, if he's not willing to accept a new role and if he, I don't even think he knows what that role would look like for him. Um, then I, I just don't think he's going to find playing time in the long run. Yeah. It's weird. There's like a difference between Bagley going out there and trying to be the best version of himself and what is going to help the team the most which is a little weird because like the best version of Bagley is what's going to help the Kings the most, but like, it's just not exactly going to come to light this season. Like you're just not going to, we haven't seen that much growth. Like there's a three point shot, which is, which was great. That was, that was a big deal last year. Uh, You know, he can play the four pretty comfortably now, but yeah, outside of that, like you have your moments, like Frankie was talking about against Phoenix last year, like he has random stretches where he's really impactful on offense, but I just don't know, like when you put Bagley out there, what can you expect outside of bad defense? Like, I, I don't know what he does consistently. Um, so you're like thrown out there and it's like, all right, is tonight one of those nights on offense for him? And if not, then it's like, 
all right, he's hurting us too much on defense. We kind of got to pull him. Yeah, and it, he does get a little um, – it's almost over-eager on offense. And that's something I think – it kind of disrupts the flow of the game sometimes. It kind of gives me like when the vibes of when the Kings used to run the offense through Boogie, I think that sometimes he'll get the ball in the post. And where other guys in the, on the Kings, like Rashawn Holmes, is, is, is a kind of sneaky good passer. Um, he's good at kicking the ball out. I think when the ball goes down to Marvin, it's not, it's not coming back out. I'm not that I think, I mean, I know, I mean, Marvin averages, I think barely one assist per game for his career. Um, That's fine. I'm not asking for him to be a playmaker, but making the smart basketball play. uh, There hasn't been many plays that I've seen Marvin make over the three years he's been playing where I'm like, wow, that was smart. What a smart move. He's made some incredible athletic plays. He's a very offensively gifted player for sure. Uh, Second jump. We all know about that. The, The jump half hook is impressive. His shot has improved. But I think that it's it's about Marvin when he's out there. And I don't know if that's critical. I, uh, no, I was just I was literally just about to say that, like from the things that you two just said, like, I think it's fair to say Marvin Bagley is just a selfish basketball player. Like it's not necessary. I'm not saying Marvin Bagley, the person is selfish, but the way that he plays on the court is not thinking about everybody else on the court and, and how, again, like how it's going to best suit the team. Frank, you're totally right. Like if he gets the ball in the post, he's the definition of a ball stopper. It's not coming out. The play is dead. It's over. He's going to try and do something until it's either in the hoop or in the other team's hands. Um, It's really frustrating. And I don't know how as a coach, like, especially again, like if you're not a star player, if you're just a role player or trying to transition to be a role player, like to flip, to change someone's game is probably a whole lot easier to just completely flip someone's mentality. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't see a mentality switch coming from Marvin. It still definitely feels like, you know, he's definitely a lot more comfortable in his skin, I think than he was when he first got here, but he, he just still seems to, to feel, to just not feel in place. He's not, the puzzle piece isn't fitting. Um, and it's not even like, you know, it kind of fits a little bit and you got to try Like, I think it's just square peg in a round hole. That's how it's starting to feel at least. He's trying to change the hole rather than the peg. Yeah. (laughs) Bam. Keep the analogy going. Brought it home. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a more experienced, more, I don't want to say skilled, but a, uh, a well-versed coach would be able to to break through and really um, change something about him. But uh, I I, well, I think we can all agree. I don't think he, Luke Walton's that guy. I've heard that he's getting along really, really well with Doug. And that get- I think if there is a person who could uh, get to the root of somebody and really talk on a one-to-one basis, like Doug is is absolutely the kind of guy to do that. Like he's he's legit. Um, as real as they come and like maybe maybe we see something throughout the season shift um, but if I had to guess it wouldn't come without a total complete like meltdown first like I, I would expect it's kind of messed up to say and I really haven't thought about this at all so I'm just kind of go, but like I think if Marvin's ever going to change, it's going to take like a catastrophic failure. Like he's going to have to go through a really, really tough stretch and then really look at himself. And he already has been through some tough stretches in his career. So maybe it's already happened and is just happening slowly. But I just think he's going to have to, at some point, really look at himself and be like, 
I'm not like an NBA player at the moment if I don't fix something. Yeah, and I, I think we're we're getting near that right now. I mean, not that he's done anything wrong this preseason. I, mean, I think he looked okay in, in in the times I did see him. Uh, but it just seems like he he is on the outside looking in right now. Maybe he's not all the way out of the rotation looking in, but he's on the outside of the core part of the rotation, and that's a problem for for a guy who said this off season liking tweets on Twitter about how he he wants he sees DeAndre Ayton and Trey Young, and he wants to be those guys and it's it's he only has himself to blame for it i mean like we said on offense he's kind of a black hole and and the ball doesn't come back out he can't play defense uh he hasn't been the the best teammate at least on the outside on the inside i don't think there's any problem i don't think players have any problem with them i've heard buddy and him are good friends and um Hmm. guys only say good things about him to the press that's great but uh the the drama on the outside is all we can take from it but um uh, he's on the outside looking in right now. And like Chris said, if, if it takes a catastrophic failure or, or an eye-opening revelation here, uh, it could be coming sooner than later. Yeah, headed into his restricted free agency. And I think this is like part of the somewhat tricky thing. Like his trade value is already super low. But I do think that if you just aren't playing him at all, that somehow you tank it even lower. You know, like if they are trying to move him, there is a lower than the low point they're already at right now. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, yeah, and that's going to be an underlying theme throughout the season. I mean, we've talked, uh, me and Frankie have talked about how we think this is, I mean, this season kind of from a narrative perspective kind of surrounds Marvin Bagley. There's a lot of uh, things that are tied to his career that are tied with this season. Um, And that's one of them is if him and Buddy are going to be moved, because again, I don't think, unless they're just going to ship him off for whatever they can get. I don't think Marvin's going to get anything of substance in return. Uh, so you're probably going to have to package him. And uh, I don't know. It'll, it, to see if he and Buddy last the full season is, I, I just can't, I can't see it. I think those two, uh, to your point, Brendan, I think they're going to have to give them playing time and in order to raise their value because well, maybe not Buddy, but Marvin, um, just doesn't have it right now if he's not going to play. And I think people need to be convinced that, okay. And I don't even think it's necessarily that Marvin needs to go off. I think just if he goes out there and, and is the player that we've seen, but is it for 20, 30 games in a row, then I think he can, he can at least get shipped off for something. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're out there. I mean, I think we're all on the same page. We all want Marvin to be good. And I, I don't know if that's going to happen. If it does, it's great. If it doesn't, uh, yeah, you have to figure out what is the correct way to, to assess what happens next. Uh, the value, it is what it is right now. If he does show things early in the season, maybe he plays more. Maybe he raises that value. Or maybe the Kings are 8-3 and three or 8-4 and four to begin the year. And, and Marvin is out of the rotation and, Tristan Thompson and Terrence Davis are taking those minutes. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to opening night just to see that's kind of the answer. We're, we're probably going to get it that night to see where Marvin is in the rotation. Uh, could be starting, could be coming off the bench, could not play at all. Um, but preseason's over. I'm happy that we get to get into the real stuff now. So that's great. 
No can't more speculation. Can't wait for nope. real losses for these losses to start counting. Yeah, it's it's so easy for us to like be at the game and just not care. I was thinking about that last night. How oh, this is great. I'm just enjoying watching basketball, and then we're gonna get to Wednesday and Friday, and it's gonna be totally different. Just okay, we're gonna be probably zero and two or 0, whatever. So, uh, yeah. the the feelings are kind of gonna they're gonna come pretty soon. <laughs> at very least, like a lot of people are excited. And I think there's, I mean, I guess that happens every year, but I think there are like some reasons to be, if you want to be optimistic, like you can, you can find reasons to be this year. I think so. And, you know, we talked about it on, on your round table podcast where people uh, throw in their, their season win projections. And I think, yeah, to your point, like, I think people are, are generally optimistic. I feel like, um, you know, everyone kind of had the team around 500, which doesn't sound great. Um, if you know if you're just talking from a league perspective but i'm surprised uh, though i thought I would, that was a little high i would be i would honestly like I, when i said 41 i was like uh i felt the need to be like this is if things go perfect because i i just i it just feels like a, a way easier reality for this team to be 35 36 wins well let's get a fresh prediction in for yeah. the season then fresh prediction it's fresh. We've had some time to, to to think. We've ruminated a little bit with the preseason ending. I think I said 40 on Brendan's roundtable. I think I said 40 and 42. I'll go I'm 37. Gonna, I, I, I'm, I would say like 30, 35 to 37 wins. Give me an official give me an official win-loss prediction right now so I can make a note and I'm gonna come back to it in April. I'll say 37. 37 wins. Okay. Brendan? Mm. It's so funny because I did this with so many people and I have yet to <laughs> think of a number myself. Um, man, I guess we'll go with 39. Everybody's looking for 40 and they'll barely not reach that. A Jaeger year? Yeah, that's exactly what it was, right? And yep. then they played, I think they played the the Trailblazers for that game 40. Yeah. And it yep. was like Anthony Simons went crazy went or something stupid. like that. Dropped yeah. 30. He yeah, they were up 30. like 15 at the beginning too. And yeah. Yeah. It was like it was like it was a blowout and I was watching it in my room up upstairs and then uh, I think dinner was ready and it was the end of the season. I was pretty checked out and I said, great, 40 wins. That's great. Came back up and I, I think knew was, Dave was fired at that yeah, point. I was I, like, oh, me, same. like <laughs> he does not give a damn. <laughs> he was like, like, I don't care about your 540 wins. Season. We are not a playoff team. That means I don't give a damn. Caleb Swanigan was was a big one in that game. Swanee. <laughs> it was yeah. Revenge game. It was I the was revenge gonna, game. <laughs> like, yeah, like Caleb, go ahead and go out there. Man. Yeah. Real quick, man. I saw a picture of Caleb Swanigan the other day. I am praying for that man. Yeah, Seriously, that's boy. That's, I know that's he's sad. had a tough, tough life, but man, yeah, I hope he gets healthy because he, he's looking in tough shape. That's tough. It's tough, but you know, setting the setting the landscape for a comeback. You know, he is interested in coming back. So I read. So, oh boy, well, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a road back journey. So, so I went thirty nine. Chris went what thirty seven. Thirty seven. Francois, I'm 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 piggybacking on on the thirty nine wins. I I was gonna say that before. I don't want to make it seem like I'm copying you, Brendan. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he said, I don't want to make it seem like I'm copying you. I'm out. Yeah, so I'm out well, of here. Well, uh, for everyone who can't see, Frankie just left the podcast. Uh, 
after saying he didn't want to do that. He was very um, confident in that 39. Yeah, he said, you know what, 39, walk off, drop. It kicked back. me out. I was booted <laughs> out. Sky could not believe out? that you weren't just biting You off did. Him. It looked like you, like, reached forward for something, and then you I'm were kidding. like, 39. It was, it was it was totally me. It's a conspiracy. They they don't want the NBA doesn't want me to to reveal the win loss predictions for the season. They don't want they don't want you to know. But no, Does I'm saying thirty nine. What the uh, what the Vegas number is? Ooh, I can find this. If I had to guess, I would say like I would probably say thirty seven or thirty eight. Because to me, the then the is just over under. Like uh, our like if we're really putting money point five. 36.5. They got to win 37. They got to win 37. I'll go over. If, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go over that. I, I don't if they win 35 games, that's that's pretty that's pretty dis, like this would be very disappointing. It might be just over, like yeah. just 37. Like, that's a good that's a good guess, Chris. I, I, I like your pick. That, like but, this team isn't bad, but they just don't win games like. Totally, totally, because. There's, it's it's really not fair that and we've talked about the divisions before, but I legitimately think that Dallas's division is like New Orleans. Uh, it's like the worst. It's literally the worst teams in. It's it's New Orleans, Houston. Uh, my bigger point is the Kings yeah. aren't going to have twenty five games against bottom feeder teams. Like they're going to have twenty five games against the elite of the elite where other people are picking up, you know, it's just some easy wins against, against teams. Um, are, yeah, I think this has about... kind of been, sorry, God. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. I think that's kind of been like my whole thing is like, yeah, the team's definitely better this year, but is it better to the point where they're winning five more games? You know, like I think they'll be competitive in a lot more games, but are they still pulling through at the end of them? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think to me, that's where it's like, that's where the the talent gap comes in, where it's like, that's why you need those star players is to get you those extra wins. Because when when you're not supposed to win or or when you're when you're this close to winning, just that thing to put you over the top. And I definitely would say unless there's significant improvement from people on the roster, like a Tyrese Halliburton big jump, I just don't see how the Kings acquired the talent to to make that extra, even if it's a slight leap, they didn't make that extra leap. It's you look at the nine game losing streaks and that's easy to look at that and say, Oh, well, what if they picked, you know, pick a cup, one of those apart and they lost four in a row, then one, two, then lost. I mean, whatever. But um, I think the depth we've made a point about it. It is kind of, it's an important it's an important aspect of his team to me. Your Chemezi Metu and Hassan Whiteside were playing those minutes that are going to be played by Tristan Thompson, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless, uh, Glenn Robinson. I mean, the, we have an actual bench now. The Kings have an actual bench. And could that mean five more wins? I don't know. And of sure. course, they're, they're, it could. I think it could. Uh, they, they blew so many chances. I mean, the Houston games were hard to watch at the beginning of last year. I remember how tough those were just floundering at the end of the game with no real, it's just the the Kings lack depth the whole season until Monty McNair brought in those new guys. And those new guys played very, very well. Um, Of course, there's 10 more games a season too. So take, take that with a grain of salt, but that's going, that's going 500 over those, those 10 games, but. 
I feel like I'm contradicting myself from previous episodes because I feel like I've literally made points towards the opposite, but isn't this team kind of like key injuries away from just being like really, really like if Harrison Barnes goes out for like 15 games or if Rashawn goes out for 15 games, like I, I, I think in to my point, like in the past I've made, like if De'Aaron gets hurt, like at least now we have Davion and at least now we have Tyrese. And if, you know, whatever Tyrese gets hurt, we have buddy and Terrence, but uh, that's more just like the guards, the guard situation is fine. They're pretty interchangeable. They're all fairly skilled. Um, but again, like if Harrison goes out, then you're asking Mo Harkless and probably Terrence Davis to fill that role. Uh, if, if Rashawn goes out, then I guess you'd probably have to see like a Marvin Tristan combination or some, something like that to kind of fill that role. I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, and injuries happen. You're not going to be hundred percent healthy the whole season. Um, I just, I, I don't know if the King, you know, if their depth is, their depth is nice if everything is in line, but if Alex Len is the starting center and we have to play Alex Len and Mo Harkless on the same night, like, is that going to be an issue? I don't know. Yeah. Y- yes. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Brendan, I mean, what? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my worry like is mainly if Barnes or Harkless goes down. Yeah, because that's the position that they're like super thin at. The other ones, I think I'm all right with a little bit of like a lot of Thompson and Len is kind of your two centers. Like having having home there is obviously more ideal, but like that's all right to me, I guess. Um, yeah, it's when like, all right, now Bagley has to play 25 minutes tonight. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Or Chimezi yeah. Metu is back in the rotation. That's not to, I had the exact same thought not to undership um, or undersell Rashawn Holmes when he does, but the, having Tristan Thompson and Alex Lennon, if that's the starting and backup in that order, I can live with that for a little bit, but Harrison Barnes being out for a long period of time, that's going to hurt. And it hurt them last year too. They lost Harrison Barnes down the stretch and could they have maybe squeaked into the play-in if they won two more games and HB was playing, they really might've, there's a scenario where they could have made the play-in. They only missed it by two games and Harrison Barnes, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton missed a lot of those games. Um, and I think Harrison Barnes was a big part of that. You 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 had DeLon Wright come in and he did a good job, but the Kings were starting Chemezi met two, I think, at the three for for a majority of that time. And Mo Harkless was playing four. Um it it's a very that's why I'm talking about HB, how valuable he was last season, how great he's been this preseason. He's a guy to watch at the beginning of the season because he is very he's it's underrated, I think. He's underratedly valuable. So losing HB could could spell trouble uh, for those reasons. Brennan, who do you think is going to start at the four? I mean, I think it's going to be Harkless, but I would put HB there, and I think I would start Davion. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. It's getting to the point now where I'm like, I feel like the three guard lineup is going to, or some three guard lineup is going to have to start. Um, last week I threw out maybe Terrence Davis as as the starter, but I think. Um, I've really liked what I've seen out of, out of Davion. And I think, I think that could definitely be it. I, I, I can't see Luke pulling the trigger game one, but maybe, you know, a couple, couple games down the road or, you know, once we start zero and four or something like that, he, he tries to switch it up. If it is a three guard though, like he kind of would be forced to make it buddy. No, like, I mean, can you, can you take <laughs> the other young guy and start him over buddy? Like he's going to feel a way about that probably. Right. Oh like, yeah. 
Buddy's very, very anti bench. About it, um, yeah. it, I think even in during training camp, not that I'm sure Buddy would remember this, but I'm sure they've told him like Luke said he feels comfortable with Buddy starting or playing the three, um, which I definitely don't agree with. But uh, you know, I, I if if they feel confident, and I mean, if he's willing to come out and say that, then I don't think there's any reason why they they wouldn't go out and play him there. Um, I just don't think he has the size. Like, I, I think we're giving up not like, Buddy doesn't bring anything defensively, especially with his size. Like at least Davion can use his body and um, in his defensive ability to try and guard up. But if Buddy's just guarding a taller person, like I, I don't, I don't really see how that's helpful. I don't know. No, I concur, but I, I'm all for it. Give me the madness. Just, let's roll out the three-guard lineup. Just let's get right into it. Maybe not opening night, but I'm I'm ready to see it. I've seen enough out of Davion Mitchell where I, I feel good about him in, in any role, any position on him, on anybody. Like it, last night on LeBron, he didn't shut down LeBron by any means. I'm, I'm just saying I was very intrigued. I, I'm all for it. I think that he believes he can take anybody, and, and I trust that. I don't think the Kings have had a player like that in a while, so. Um, my pick or my prediction for starting at four, I, I think it's pretty to me. I think Luke Walton is pretty locked in. That's Mo Harkless and uh, HB, whichever one of them you want to categorize as, as the the power forward or small forward. But um, HB started Mo Harkless a lot last year. Te- uh, apparently the Kings and their, t- their analytic team and Monty McNair, they almost see something and they like Mo Harkless out there, but he, he seems to be the guy that's going to be there. But um that could change. That could change very, very soon. Like Brennan said, we could see Davion Mitchell or Buddy Heald. We could be three-guard lineuping by the weekend against Golden State. So we'll see. Jordan like Poole. That. Jordan like Poole, Steph Curry. Three-guard uh, lineuping. Three-guard lineuping. Yeah. Put it in the dictionary. Webster's. Give me a call. Uh, do you have the that, that rapid fire? Or did we already do them all, Frank? Um, oh yeah. Okay. Just the last two. We either win, win, loss, uh, just two, we'll see two more. Um, does De'Aaron Fox make the all-star game this season? I'll say yes. I mean, I, I don't see how he gets, I don't think he regresses from last year. And I think that there were at least enough people throughout last season or this off season, like non Sacramento people that were like, him, De'Aaron Fox is actually really good. Like these numbers are pretty crazy. And I just don't see how, like, he goes two years in a row of those numbers and doesn't get it. Like, I know the West is really competitive, um, but, I mean, like, Mike Conley made the team as a substitute last year. Like, I don't think it's, like, I don't feel great about saying that, but making me pick between the two. Like, I think even if he put up the exact same year, it would be like, all right, he probably deserved it last year. Um, Should have been in the conversation more than he was. So, I'm going with, yeah. I feel like the Mike Conley thing too is was almost like the NBA was giving him his flowers and saying you haven't made it before, totally. here you go and and he did have a good season and he's on a great team but yeah it, it with the Kings it's always they're not good enough like Demarcus Cousins should have been an All Star for f- almost every season in Sacramento it, at least three to four and he only made it I think three times and the third was on the year he got traded. Um, it's going to come down to winning basketball games and Darren Fox is for sure on the map. And I want to say he's going to make it, but I feel like it's going to come down to that political. Oh, he's on a losing team and these guys are winning. So we're going to, we're going to put, 
I don't know what example I could use. Yeah, but. I'm looking at the I'm just looking at the logos here. And like, I feel like in the West, it's not it's just not going to happen for him. Like he's going to have to beat out Steph. He's going to have to maybe beat out Chris Paul, Devin or Booker, Devin Booker uh, you know, the two Utah guys and Conley and Mitchell. Uh, John Morant's going to try and make his case. Oh, yeah. Luca is going to count as a guard. That's going to be tough. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander might put up big numbers. Uh, Russell Westbrook obviously is now in in Los Angeles. That'll probably garner some votes. Uh, Damian CJ, it's it's just not going to be easy for him. I don't. Yeah, it sucks. Not that he doesn't belong in the conversation, but again, like if he's not going to be on a winning team, and if he's not, I mean, he he'll just have to be spectacular. Like if he's averaging twenty five points a game at the All Star break, for sure he'll be in. He'll be in no question. But if he's at twenty a game and the Kings are you know, five or six games under 500. Like, I don't know if he's going to get the, get the nod just because we know how good of a player he is and he's consistent. Like it's, it's, it's kind of politics, but at the same time, like if you want to stick out, like you've got to be great, which is, I think De'Aaron's starting to realize, like I need to be great for this team to win. So, you know, I guess there's a chance. I, I think last night specifically just to, I don't know why I'm picking a preseason game to make to mention this, but like he definitely was not being aggressive last night and he still ended up with 21 points. So I kind of do feel like he's maybe turned a corner in his game. I think he he's realizing like, Oh, I can get points pretty easily whenever I want. Um, it doesn't really look like he's strained too much. So I don't know. It, it, it can happen, but if I had to, I, if I had to bet on it, I would say no. Yeah. I'm going to say he's going to have an all-star season but I don't know if he'll make it, but that doesn't mean he's all Darren. Darren Fox is an all-star. We can say, are you people out there can say whatever they want, but the man's an all-star talent. Uh, and the only reason why he, he might not make it is because of, of the player limit. But I would say not that I wish didn't want to get injured, but I just feel like the way he could get in would be like an injury replacement or someone that yeah. cho- choosing to take it off. Kind of how DeMarcus made it the first time. Um, so we, we could see that. I do think that he, Barring injury for De'Aaron, he's going to meet the criteria to be an all-star. It's just going to come down to, are all those guards we named healthy? Are they all still performing the way that they should perform? And um, are the Kings winning basketball games to a standard that coaches and players around the league are going to take note when when they cast their own votes? So That's um, not Isaiah Thomas. The, I met the yeah. criteria, but I but, wasn't selected. But I wasn't selected. Uh, De'Aaron could be saying that in February. But um, – all-star season, I, I, we'll see. But uh, last question, last one. Uh, who is more likely to be traded this season, Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley? I was going to say his middle name, but I don't know it. What's his middle Marvelous. name? Are there uh, any guesses real quick on that, what his middle name is? Oh, God. Um, Herman. <laughs> Marvin Herman no, Bagley. It's, it's got to be something like his dad thought he was going to be a legend from the uh, womb. Does he not have a middle name? Man, I have a middle name. He doesn't have a middle name. It's bad. So he, if you guess nothing, yeah. the third is his last name. Right, right. His, his middle name is Bagley. Uh, he doesn't have a middle name. So any of you out there that were guessing on on no middle name, you are correct. Please collect your prize. But who's more likely to get moved? They've been mentioned all forever, it seems like. And it's there's no end in sight. Buddy Heels almost moved to the Lakers. Marvin Bagley, no deal has even been rumored. I know the Kings, I think, called Detroit for Sadiq Bay. They were laughed at and hung up on. Um, what do you guys think? 
I'm going with no middle name. I think that this is like the last year. If he doesn't get traded this year, then he's walking and restricted. Like, buddy, they technically have more time for. That's really my only reason. Like, I think they'll probably try both. But if you don't move Bar- Marvin by the end of this year, like, unless you're signing him back for cheap on and restricted, and maybe maybe not getting paid much and restricted will humble him, and that'll do something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that just because of their contract situation, I, leave, I lean towards a, the third. <laughs> Mr. The Third. No, no, uh, no. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Mr. The Third as well. I think uh, I think the problem with Chivano is he's just like, he makes a lot of money, and that's tough to move in the middle of the season. Uh, and I think the Kings envision moving Buddy for a, an upward, you know, like trying to get a more talented player. Um, and I just, I don't think that's going to happen in, in the middle of the season. Uh, if I had to guess, I do think, yeah, they'll probably at some point just be like, look, like this guy is not going to be on our team in the future. Like we got to get, if we can get anything that we feel like we need for this season, like we, we just got to make that move. And, you know, I'm sure it'll, it can be an easy, you know, whatever, like Marvin for Lou Dort or something like that. You know, I don't think they would make that move. We would probably have to throw in more, but something like that, where it's just the Kings are like, I don't care that this guy doesn't necessarily have the biggest future or whatever. We're just like, we're trying to get, what we can for this asset or well, it could, that if you will. Yeah, it could, it could be a scenario. Like we saw Hassan Whiteside was rumored to get moved all last season. Um, I think the Lakers were supposed to, to come calling when they had injuries to their big men and it never happened. But when it comes down to, to crunch time towards the playoffs, someone's going to need a big and they'll probably be willing to part with it if it's a second round pick or a lower level fringe rotation player uh, teams like, Boston or Atlanta or Brooklyn, whatever, what have you, they might need a, a guy like that who's young and could be controllable. And maybe that could warrant the return the Kings are looking for. But right now it's little to nothing. So I would say also Marvin is the guy. I think I think the Kings are kind of like not okay with Buddy being around, but he he does rebound. He's been passing the ball better. He can knock down threes. He's very durable. He plays every game. Um if he is receptant to being a part of the, of the bench, that's even a, a, a bigger positive. And he said all the right things. If he could just set that aside, I don't think he'll be worth his contract, 21, 22, 23 million. But uh, he's a guy that is very popular in the NBA today, a guy that can knock down the three ball. And he, they don't grow on trees. Like we were talking about, if, if you were to get traded, the Kings don't have really a knockdown option. They have Terrence Davis, of course, uh, who is just as or more streaky. But Buddy Heel sticking around seems like it's something that's probably going to happen through the end of the season. Maybe they assess in the offseason. But uh, it'd be, I'd be pretty shocked if Marvin Bagley, or sorry, uh, Mr. The Third, Mr. No Middle Name The Third, is on the team come the deadline. Yeah, yeah same here. Yeah. Sorry, deep, gonna... in, deep in thought. Yeah, I was trying to think if there's possibility for or if the Kings would find any um, value in just trying to trade Buddy for an expiring and maybe try and I know the free agency market isn't nearly as good as it's been in the past. But um, if there's even a person out there where it's like, you know, yeah, like we can just wash our hands with this and and free up some money, something that the Kings definitely don't have. Um, 
I don't know. I don't. Uh, yeah. No, I was just thinking. Just be thinking. Yep. Uh, well, that's it. I think that's probably it, right? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I mean, preseason's over. So. Preseason's over. Regular season's starting. Uh, what is it? First game's Wednesday, Portland in Portland. Rip uh, City. Frank, what was the stat that you showed me yesterday? You want to oh. walk us out on that? I'll walk us out on something for you Kings fans out there. You can feel good. Feel very good <laughs> about uh, about Wednesday in Portland. I never realized it was this bad. Um, since 2011-12, the 2011-12 season, the Kings are 2-15 and 15 at Moda Center. Mm. And they just beat them there. Uh, the last row game before the pandemic started, they beat them and it... I just had no idea. They're two and fifteen over the last ten years. So they never had Tristan Thompson, though. They never had Tristan Thompson. They did not. Confirmed. Sources. You need to look up Tristan Thompson's record at Moda Center. <laughs> Watch it be like <laughs> three and thirty. Yeah, if it is, then nobody will ever hear about it. Yeah, we'll just yeah. leave it at that. And yeah, we'll just put that. We'll sweep that under the rug. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm excited for, for the, the regular season to start so we can start talking about things that actually matter for those of you that say that preseason games don't. Um, yeah, Chris. We don't Brennan. have Ben Simmons, man. How did that nah. happen? How, how are we starting the season and we don't have Ben Simmons? That's so crazy. Cancel the season. Like seven weeks ago, I would have been adamant that like there's no way that we don't. But here we are. So regular season, hey. here we come. Can't wait. That 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 Marvin Bagley Ben Simmons blockbuster is coming any day yep. now. Can't wait. Uh, for Frankie Cardicelli, Brendan Nunez, I am Chris Watkins. Check Thank out Kings Bulls. Check, Check out, out Kings Bulls. Plug 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 plug. <laughs>